Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki. Hey there, welcome once again, Growing in Grace, Mike and Joel with you for a few minutes. We appreciate you taking the time out of your, your day, out of your week to uh, drop in on us. We'd love to hear from you, too. Uh, don't forget to uh, drop us an email and say hi and just let us know you're out there listening. Perhaps let us know how you found out about our little uh, podcast here, uh, Growing in Grace, uh, several ways to access us. And if you want to get a hold of some of our past programs, graceroots.org, you've got them all listed on there, don't you, Joel? Yep, we're uh, approaching, I think, 100 and, uh, 150 programs, somewhere near there anyway. They're all there, every one of them, uh, back from day one when we started this back in, uh, believe it or not, the year 2005. <laughs> Seems like so long ago. Well, let's let's uh, talk about uh, something this week, Joel, that uh, is very prominent in, in most churches today. The Ten Commandments. We've been talking about some things over the past few weeks, uh, mindsets or sacred cows or contradictions, whatever you want to call them sometimes, that creep their way into... Uh, church doctrine and into the mindsets of, of believers and uh, the, the Ten Commandments. I mean, when you're a child going to church, one of the first things you learn about is the Ten Commandments and the importance of trying to keep the Ten Commandments, right? I I think that's probably a pretty prevalent thing in the Christian church today. <laughs> uh, going back to those, uh, the good and holy and pure and wonderful Ten Commandments. Uh, I think right off the bat we should say that uh, the Ten Commandments, the, the the law is holy, the law is good, uh, and and the problem, of course, uh, if you've listened to us for any amount of time, and if you read your Bible, you'll find that the uh, the problem is that ever since the fall of Adam, man has not been holy, has not been pure, has not been good, and does not live up to the to the Ten Commandments. And that was the purpose. I'm just kind of going through this real quickly, but the purpose of the law, if you'll read through Romans, uh, Romans 5, 6, 7, around that area, and, and a lot of Galatians, the purpose of the law was to condemn the world, uh, to make sure that the world was guilty, was pronounced guilty. And then what happened was was Christ came and he took this, the guilt of the world upon himself and he fulfilled the law because of that and because of our trust in Christ. We can be free. We are free. The, the commandments that were against us, Paul says, was nailed to the cross. It was taken away and nailed to the cross. And so now our lives in Christ are a matter of walking in Christ and not according to the law. But sometimes I think the law gets mixed in. Probably a lot of times the law gets mixed back into the, the Christian life. Yeah, and, and you know, even in Second Corinthians, you know, when Paul was talking about the commandments, he, he said that those commandments that were written on stone uh, was glorious, even so that the children of Israel could not look at the face of Moses, not steadily anyway, because of that glory, the, the countenance that, that shined off the face of Moses, the glory was so strong people could hardly look at him. Um, yet these commandments that Paul was referring to, he actually calls them the ministry of death and then compares the, the ministry of death in, written and engraved on stones and compares it to the ministry of the Spirit. Uh, even calls the, the commandments the ministry of condemnation uh, as opposed to the ministry of the Spirit, which is uh, the ministry of righteousness. 
And, and so you see these these differences that Paul is trying to point out, uh, even though the law is good, um, it doesn't compare to the, the new ministry of, of the Spirit, which is uh, bringing forth so many better things for us. It definitely, it's a it's a better covenant. The Book of Hebrews says that that we're that we're uh, beneficiaries of established upon better promises. Sure, you know the old covenant was a good covenant. You know God doesn't make a bad covenant, um, and in fact uh, he kept he fully kept his part of the old covenant. But the problem with that good covenant is that man didn't keep it. <laughs> You know, we we didn't keep it. There's no one alive who could say that they uh, were ever able to fully keep that old covenant. And so a new covenant was needed. And again, it was a a covenant that God made, you know, the the Father and the Son made the covenant, and we're the beneficiaries of it. And it's a better covenant, the book of Hebrews says, established on on better promises. And I was... (laughs) Now and so and so the purpose of the Christian life I think it's so misunderstood we kind of get this idea in the church today that uh, the purpose of the Christian life is that we've been saved by grace yeah that's all great and fine and dandy and the reason is so that uh, God can give us his grace so that we can keep the 10 commandments and, and I think that in thinking that we've totally totally missed the point and I was listening to a a, a commercial on a Christian radio station the other day and it was it was for a church, and it was it was kind of humorous. It was a neat commercial. Uh, you heard this uh, woman's voice saying, "Thou shalt dress up. Thou shalt attend church every week. Thou shalt read your Bible. Thou shalt say your prayers. Thou shalt." And she kept getting faster and faster. And the idea that I got listening to it was, yeah, they're making a, a pretty cool point here that church isn't about trying to keep all of these rules and and laws and principles and all that. And then the the punchline though at the end. Uh, really got me, Mike, uh, because, because then this guy's voice came on and he said, here at such and such a church, we're not interested in, in all those other man-made commandments. We're, uh, stuck back on the original 10. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're following the original 10 and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I think we've just missed the point there because I don't know where, the church has gone wrong, except in, in not reading certain scriptures like Hebrews, Galatians, and Romans, where it talks about we had to die to the law. And like you said, Paul called it the ministry of death. He called it the ministry of condemnation. And the reason it was that was because the law is so holy and so pure, and we weren't, apart from Christ, that all the law could do was to condemn us and to kill us. And so a new and better way was needed, and God provided that in Jesus Christ. Well, what you described, Joel, was my life and probably a lot of others out there listening too. When I came to Christ, even at a young age, all of my Christian life, at least up to a, a point where I began to understand the, the grace walk and the exchange life, throughout most of my Christian life, from the time I was saved, I thought I was saved and forgiven, born again, so that God would now enable me somehow to... Uh, obey all the commandments and and that that would satisfy him and please him by changing the way I lived. I knew that salvation was a gift by faith, not of works, uh, and and that's how we would lead people to Christ. It, It is a gift. You cannot earn this. But we still had the mindset that now that we're saved, now that the slate has been wiped clean, 
Uh, now we're supposed to try to keep that slate clean by doing everything right and not doing the wrong stuff. And so that's uh, that mindset that I had as a Christian growing up and in my adult life for many, many years. And it was very discouraging, to say the least, not to have a better understanding of what the true gospel was. But that's what people believe today. By and large, if you go from church to church, you're going to find a lot of people still in bondage, even though they may be saved and born again. Uh, they're still in bondage to the law and all of the things that come with that, the, the guilt, uh, the condemnation, the frustration. And, and you know, even, even with my daughters, Joel, I mean, as a parent, uh, I, I don't want to just give them a, a list of rules and, and have them obey my every whim and do everything just right. Uh, oh, wouldn't it be a great world if, if that always happened? But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in gaining their trust, in, in developing friendship, uh, relationship. When I, when I give them some advice and direction, I, I want them to know I'm, I'm doing it out of my own experience, and I think it will help them if, if they'll listen to, to, to my advice. I, I don't want to get into a, a relationship being based on, on how much they obey me and how many good things they do versus how many bad. I mean, that, that's just silly. But I, I hope that they love me, and, and, and out of that love, our, our relationship will grow, and, and everything else will just fall into place. But I, I kind of try to relate that relationship with my daughters to that between me and God. It is really based more on relationship and not on duty and obligation. I think that's very true. And um, I just, uh, one of the uh, friends that I've made uh, in the last year or so through through blogging, uh, she just went through quite an experience uh, with her her son, her ten year old son, what happened was that due to some flooding in a creek uh, that's kind of uh, down the way from their house, her son had been told time and time again, "Don't go wading in in the in the creek; it's dangerous." And uh, against all advice, from what I understand, he went wading and he got caught in in the current and he got pulled uh, down downstream and then uh, it was thought that he was dead and so by the time everybody got to him they were expecting to find him him dead and and fortunately he was able to manage he was able to to grab a a branch and he was able to get out and it was obviously a very scary situation for for so many people but the mother what she shared uh what she shared is that you know what you know she could have that could have been an opportunity in kind of a more religious mindset to say, you shall not ever do that again. Don't you dare ever do that again. You know, that would have been kind of one way to look at this. But she said, you know what, my son, to me, as far as I knew, he was dead and he's alive. Kind of like the story of the prodigal's, the prodigal son and, and, and the father who, uh, who ran to him. Uh, she thought he was dead, and so they celebrated his life. Rather than focusing on his disobedience that got him into this bad place, uh, they focused on the fact that he was alive. And I really think that that's how our Father in Heaven uh, acts towards us. Rather than giving us a whole bunch of rules to keep, he celebrates the fact that in Christ he's made us alive. And uh, I, I really think that he wants us to rest in that, rather than struggling and striving to keep a bunch of rules. Well, because the person who led me to Christ told me to do this, 
this is what I did. Joel, uh, when I, I tried so hard to, to live uh, the good life for God after I came to Christ. And and when I did the wrong thing or I, I let a swear word slip out or I, I, just, I just did something wrong, doesn't matter whether you robbed a bank or whatever it was that you've done wrong, I, I would always ask God to forgive me. Not always, um, but quite often I would, on the spot, uh, the person who led me to Christ would say, now if you, if you slip up and you sin and you, and you do something wrong, just say, Lord, please forgive me. That's what I did most of my Christian mm-hmm. life. I'm always asking God to forgive me. And now I look back on it, realizing that I was asking God for something that he had already promised me uh, and provided for me through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I received that gift already. It, it was it was, it was, was mine. I was already forgiven. How many times would we say, oh, God will forgive you? He already has. And I wonder sometimes how God feels when somebody like me a child of God is always asking him to forgive me when he already has. I, I, I just, I, I'm sure that uh, it must sadden him just a little bit uh, to know that I haven't, that I didn't all those years really understand what had been provided for me through Jesus Christ. And it's, uh, he has provided, I think, a whole bunch more than what, uh, what we really give him credit for. And so that's one purpose of our program here, Growing in Grace, to kind of talk these things out week by week and, and remind each other of the, uh, the wonderful things that God has done for us and how we are complete in Him and how we are completely forgiven. Well, hey, I'm Joel. Along with Mike, this is Growing in Grace. We hope to have you back with us again next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 